drinking some iced coffee right now so we're getting a little bit of priming there so my brain can start getting back to uh what I, what i did in the past with the iced coffee which was use the clever dripper to make a really great iced coffee recipe now as always i will get into that recipe i'll explain why i manipulated the variables in making that recipe in the way that i did but first let's discuss what the clever dripper is and and also why i recommend this so much for anyone that's just getting into coffee brewing i always tell people if there's two things you want to have in your household as far as uh, brewers go have yourself a v60 and have yourself a clever dripper and you will have a pretty good firm understanding of brewing science after using these for a while. Now I've seen two sources of where this this device originated uh, from. The first being a guy named John Stone in 2004 invented it because he was looking for a way to come up with better coffee. The other and the one that I'm, I'm just going with is that Clever Dripper was a 2008 invention from a Taiwanese company called Abidco. Now John if you did invent this then you invented it. Uh, Abidco if you're the ones that invented this four years later uh, then, then you invented it. Honestly, I'm not here to decide who actually invented it. I'm an objective source that just looks at how these devices work and do they make good coffee. In this case, absolutely. I, I fucking love this device. I use it all the time. And, and what it's got going for it is despite it being called the clever dripper, you don't have to be very intelligent, smart, or you know, clever to use it. it it's very, very simple. The interior of it uh, holds liquid about 500 mils, although I'd go nowhere near that amount. I'm generally in the 300 mil ball, ballpark at most. And then the bottom has these very stubby little legs so it can stand by itself. You can do immersion brewing, pour your coffee in, pour some water in, and it holds that water until you are ready for that liquid to release. So then all you do is pick it up by this handle that's on the side, set it on top of a carafe or maybe a cup, and this mechanism on the bottom will uh, depress against the, the top of your carafe or coffee mug and release the liquid. It is that simple. And you know, it's a versatile device. You can use it a few different ways. There's a lot of recipes that you can use for it. If you really wanted to, you could set it on top of a carafe, uh, put a filter in it and use it as a pour over device if you really wanted to and do percolation brewing. But immersion brewing seems to be the best way to use this. It's almost as if you're using a French press, but what if the French press had a little more clarity to it? What if the French press had a little less grittiness to it? I think that that's where the Clever Dripper is a very strong device. It is a very, very, very useful immersion brewer. I think an, another strong selling point here is what it's made out of. Almost immediately, I was, I was getting DMs saying, hey, you're using 200 degree Fahrenheit water with plastic. Is this safe? And the cool thing about this device is it's made out of Triton. This is another one of those BPA-free food-safe plastics that you guys use all the time. If you drink out of a Nalgene bottle, that's made out of Triton. If you use the AeroPress Clear, I've recently done a video on that, that is made with Triton. So this is a very good and safe device, especially when you're using these high water temps. Now, Bead, the, the same company that makes a Clever Dripper, they also make um, 100 packs of filters that you can use for this. These are, are bleach filter papers. Um, and they are really good. I, I don't mind them. I tend to go with manufacturer filters. I know there's better ones out there, but I'm just weird like that. It's, it's kind of like how 
I, I only use Glock mags for my Glocks. And I know that there's companies out there like Shield Arms, right? You could companies out there that are making good stuff and sure they'll work with it, but I'm I just tend to stick with the 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 magazines that Glock produces for Glock pistols. It's just I'm weird like that, right? So with all my different brewers, maybe maybe if I see something, you know, cheaper here or there, I'll, I'll go and get something from another manufacturer. But as far as Clever goes, I generally buy from a bead and get their specific number four filter papers for the Clever Dripper. However, you can go out and get a number four filter paper and be just fine and brew with that. And if you see a better one out there, you know, I don't use them, so I couldn't give you any feedback on how well they perform, but, but use whatever filter papers make you happy. Another comment I saw that I thought was pretty amusing was someone said that my recipe, because I used a bleach filter paper, uh, completely ruined the recipe. I should have used a natural one. In my experience, natural filter papers taste like fucking newspaper. I will go into a completely different video and a completely different podcast about the pros and cons of using bleach versus natural filter papers, because this is a big argument in the coffee community. But for the purposes of this podcast right now, and just to give you guys a little like heads up on what are my opinions, fuck uh, natural filter papers. They taste like fucking shit. But besides the filter papers, let's get into how the coffee is made using the Clever. And I, I wanna go through the same recipe I used because it's a good one. I've used it all summer. I've made some comments in the past about people overdoing it with the ice. And I thought that this was a good way to introduce um, when ice is appropriate and how we can actually measure out our ice so that our coffee isn't over diluted when, when, it, when the ice eventually melts. I, I don't know, some of you guys may have known that already. If not, I wanna be the first to tell you that ice, um, once it gets exposed to coffee, once it sits in your iced coffee for long enough, it will eventually melt and it'll make your coffee taste like water more than it tastes like coffee. So one thing I'm gonna note is that we're not making cold brew here. That's about a 16 to 20 hour process. We're making iced coffee and all iced coffee is gonna be is hot coffee that goes over ice and bam, now you've got iced coffee. But we can actually make this taste really good. As a matter of fact, we could make this taste even better than cold brew if we do it right. So for the purposes of this podcast and for the reel that I just did, I made a specific ratio that I thought would be useful in, in achieving this. All right. So it's going to be one parts coffee to 10 parts water to six parts ice cubes, all right? And what this is gonna look like using the measurements I used in the video was I used 18 grams of whole bean coffee that I ground, I used 180 milliliters of water, and then I used 108 grams of ice cubes. And that, that's it, those are, those are our parameters that we need for our three big variables here. So the first thing I did in setting this up was I put the Clever on top of a carafe. I put the filter paper in the clever and I rinsed the filter paper out with hundred mils of hot water. And this is just so that my coffee doesn't taste like filter paper. It seems to work out for me. And I, I got an average of about hundred mils. That's what I use on any given day for using this. As soon as I'm done rinsing my filter paper, I'm going to go ahead and get ready to grind my coffee. When the coffee is grinding, you can go finer than you think. As a matter of fact, some recipes guys are using espresso grind. Like they're actually going down to Oh, I think on a common Dante, you're in the like a 14 click ballpark, but that fine. Some people are using for the clever. Um, of course, the, the immersion time's a little lower. Like people are only doing like 45 seconds immersions for that, but you can go really low 
with your grind because you're using a filter unlike a uh, French press, you know, when you're using the mesh. So you can go fine and all these micro particles are, are gonna catch in that filter paper and it won't taste gritty. So for this recipe, I went down to 22 clicks, ground that up and I was good to go. Next, we'll take the uh, clever off of the carafe so we can deactivate that little plunger that's on there and we'll set it on top of a scale and then we'll pour our water in. The water is at approximately 200 degrees Fahrenheit and we're going for 180 mils right off the bat. And what I'm doing here is starting with small concentric circles and then I'm making it wider and wider until it's out by the sidewalls. And this is just making sure that everything's involved in this process or make sure everything is saturated. Then it's gonna sit there for a two minute period. Now, after two minutes, what I'm gonna do is go ahead and get a stirring stick, get something, right? And use it to stir up that slurry, get everything off that sidewall. And again, we're only doing this once we reach that two minute period. We can start stirring it up a little bit, agitate it, and again, making sure everything's involved in this process. Once we're done doing that, we're gonna let it sit. We're gonna let everything settle, and we're gonna wait until we hit the about anywhere between three to four minutes. I, I think this morning I did three and a half minutes for the coffee I was using, okay? So total time is going to be two minute immersion period for the coffee. At two minutes we stir, we wait an additional one to two minutes, bringing us to a total of either three to four minutes. And then at that point, we are good to release. But what are we gonna release it into? We're gonna release it into our cup with ice. Now our cup with ice should have about 108 grams of ice cubes in it. Again, we're using that one to 10 to six method. So whatever that ratio is gonna be for you, in this case, it was 108 grams for me. So all we're gonna do, get that clever dripper, put it on top of our cup with the ice and let that coffee immediately and directly go over the ice cubes. And our drawdown period is gonna take about a minute, about 45 seconds to a minute. And that's good, all right? That's how you know we've got a pretty good extraction on. Another way you're gonna know if you, you did a good extraction with this is, will the bed be flat? So once all the water is drained and you got that coffee bed at the bottom, how, how flat is that bed at the bottom? Is it is it pretty flat? Okay, cool, we had a good extraction going there. Is there any coffee left on the sidewalls, all right? If there's a bunch of coffee left on the sidewalls, this didn't extract very well, it didn't drain very properly, all right? So that's one thing to look at. One big variable that could help mitigate these issues is just make sure you have enough time to settle, all right? So when you do that stirring portion at the two minute mark, make sure that you actually give it you know, uh, a, a minute at least so everything can settle again. Cause if not, what's gonna happen is you're gonna set it, that you're gonna set your clever on top of a carafe, the water's gonna start draining and you'll notice it's starting to uh, make this like kind of uh, inverted cone, right? Where, where you've got coffee all along the sidewalls and it's just, it, it looks fucking sloppy. So the final thing I'll do once all the coffee has drained from the Clever Dripper into our ice cube cup is I'll stir everything up. And the main reason I'm doing this is just to make sure those ice cubes mingle with the coffee enough to where my cup is cold. It's iced coffee. You want it to be a cold cup. Of course, there's also the element of, yeah, we want to redistribute those particles in our cup, make sure everything is nice and tasty throughout. And sure, that's, that's something we do want to look at, but this is immersion brewing. Everything is already kind of drained and ended up in a, in a separate vessel than where it started. So that process alone should make everything mixed up enough to where you shouldn't need much redistribution. But it's, it certainly doesn't hurt uh, as far as that goes. Uh, but yeah, we, we want a good iced coffee. So that's where this part does help.
you know, a comment I did see on the YouTube was that someone said, there's no fucking way that this cup was cold enough for that little ass bit of ice. And, you, you know, it certainly was. It was fucking delicious. I make better coffee than this person probably has ever tasted in their entire fucking lifetime. But one thing I will say is the goal here is not to have a diluted cup of coffee, even when all the ice has melted, right? That's one thing that you'll see in a lot of coffee shops. They're not measuring this shit out. And when it comes to a coffee shop, especially something like Starbucks, right? Your, your cattle, they want to get you from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Get in, buy your shit, get the fuck out, right? So they don't care about this. So you, you may have noticed, you know, 30 minutes go by and your once, you know, okay tasting cup of iced coffee is now this diluted, nasty, you know, cup of, of ass water. It's fucking diluted. It tastes like water flavored coffee, or I'm sorry, coffee flavored water. Either way you want to look at it, it's not good, right? So that's one thing we're trying to work into this is, okay, now I have a ratio. So even if all of my ice melts, this is still a fucking good cup of coffee. So yeah, after we're done stirring up our ice and our coffee, the last thing I do, and this is preference, I put a fucking straw in my cup and get to slurp and suck that boy down, right? That's, uh, that's all you gotta do. That's all there is to it. That's the name to the game. And that brings us to the end of how to make an iced coffee with a clever dripper. Now, I will say one of the things that I really find pleasant about this, especially when making iced coffee, is that you still have the clarity of a good pour over and, and all that good sweetness. You're still retaining some of those florals, but you also have a lot of those, those that, that body that you really desire when you're drinking a cold brew rice coffee. You still have some of those chocolatey notes, some of those darker notes, right? So it's a good combination of both. And, and I can't say it enough. I love it so much more than using a French press because you reduce that grittiness. You, you take away some of those overbearing oils that are a part of that process. So it's just a good all around uh, tool to use, not just in making iced coffee, but in making a, a normal cup, cup of coffee any given day. So last but not least, do I recommend this? And uh, as I've stated throughout this podcast, absolutely. It doesn't matter if you are just getting into coffee or if you're a coffee professional. I think that both crowds can take something from this and make some really great cups. It's pretty cheap, as a matter of fact. While we're sitting here, just because I don't want to give you guys any wrong information, I want to make sure that we're, we're up to date with what we're saying. The exact one that I have uh, listed at Prima Coffee for $34.95, pretty cheap. I've had mine now for, oh, I wanna say two or three years. Love it, and I use it very regularly. So, good buy, good investment, and you'll, you'll come out better for it and start your day off better as well. Now, with all that being said, I want to thank you again for giving me your time and attention. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I am back for my trip, I'm playing catch up. All orders uh, were successfully out, no issues there. No delays, no lost packages, nothing. It turned out perfect. The next things that are coming up are some new artwork as well as possibly some new prints, some new mugs in the future. I'm also switching over to screen printing with some new screen printers, uh, not, not going with the old source anymore. One thing I do wanna stick with and improve on is quality when it comes to apparel. I want these shirts. That, that come out, uh, even though I'm not an apparel company, I want them to be the highest quality possible. I want them to last for a long time. I want the quality to be apparent 
uh, whenever you guys get them and them to last. So that's why I'm switching over to some different screen printers and those will be coming out in the near future as well. So uh, I, it all comes down to, I want this to be a good experience. I want these knowledge transfers to be useful to you guys. And I want anything that's coming out of Degenerance Drinking Coffee be a quality product that you can either wear or use on a daily basis. Finally, I ask that if you're getting something from this, if this is helping you make your cups better, if this is helping you think about some things that you wouldn't have thought about otherwise, definitely share it with a friend, share it with someone that, that might benefit, benefit from it as well. And also, depending on what platform you're listening to this on, please give it a five-star review. Only if you think it's worth that five-star review, though. I, I don't want to tell you guys, give me five stars, uh, because that's one thing. I'll go on a small little rant here. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this on, like, me with restaurants, Google reviews. Um, five stars is now the new, like, oh, this is good. This is good enough. Anything below five stars is um, shit, basically. Like, if you see a restaurant and it's got, like, three and a half stars on the rating, you're probably thinking, wow, that, that fucking sucks. That's awful. If you see 4.8 stars, you're probably thinking, oh, it's probably pretty good. It's probably all right. All right, so if you think the podcast is uh, worthy of a five-star review, <laughs> definitely drop it five stars and again, share it with a friend. But I, I do thank you again for your time, and I will catch you on the next episode of Degenerate Drinking Coffee. Yeah.